0: Dodo Ballet.
1: And I'm Fayon.
0: Join us as we jump in the deep end and dissect our favorite shows. As always, we want to hear from you. You can check out our podcast hosted on anchor.fm/slash applied anime, where you can leave us a voice message. You can check us out on our website at appliedanime.weewee.com, and you can join our Discord from the homepage of that website, or you can follow us on Twitter or tweet at us at twitter.com/slash applied anime.
1: In this episode, we spoil Toradora, Death Note, O Maidens in Your Savage Season, Harakiri, Orange, and Excel World. There's also a content warning for graphic violence and suicide.
0: So, Fayon, what are we discussing today?
1: Today's topic is color symbolism.
0: today's episode
1: our recorder device was acting a bit strange so if the recording comes out strange which we won't know until the ending of our recording. That's why so sorry guys. Wow. The reason why I wanted to do this topic is because I noticed a lot when reading Yuri manga, which I think is a lot easier to realize when you're reading manga because the you know the names are actually typed out for you compared to in an anime where you see it like once or twice maybe. Mm -hmm. that a lot of characters that like or a lot of shows or a lot of mangas i just noticed used shiro and kuro a lot in their names just to like contrast two different main characters kuro meaning black and shiro meaning white and so out of like curiosity's sake i wanted to kind of look into it and see if one, if you see it more in anime, too, where a lot of these names are being used, and if there's kind of a, if there is meaning behind, obviously, like, people care about the co- the names of their characters, but, like, if there is kind of a correlation between a certain meaning of a color and that type of character personality, and if that's true across the multiple of different animes. Mm-hmm. And so... To be fair, Dodo hasn't seen as many as I have, so this is probably gonna be a bit tougher for him, but I think that it was actually a really interesting topic to research. I wanted to go a little bit over the origin story of the character for color. I thought that was actually pretty interesting when I was looking it up. So the Japanese word for color is iro, and apparently it wasn't originally the word for color. It actually used to be used for people that you respect and love. Again. Sorry guys if this is not perfect translation also on the site, it's through Google Translator because I don't actually know Japanese. But anyway, Irose is the title for older brother, and Irona Irone is the title for older sister, while Iromo was a general name for people in love. Iro is a word that is very warm and has a pulsating sound. Apparently. <laughs> Might not be fully translated right, but. So essentially, if you think of it. Iro used to mean love and respect. That's about all you really need to know there, I guess. But essentially what I read was that the the kanji for color is supposed to represent like two people touching each other, which is like the entanglement of two people can be interpreted as sympathy or sex. And I just thought that was really interesting
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in and of itself. There are four colors that are the oldest... color terms in Japanese language. One being aka for red, kuro black, shiro white, and ao for blue. And in this in Japanese culture apparently back in the day red, black, and shiro were all used for like religious colors where blue was not really used for any religious colors at all. And then obviously there's been an expansion of more more colors and terms over time, but they also added The Japanese also have more specific colors, obviously, too. Like, we have, I mean, you could look at a Crayola box and know that there's more colors in the rainbow than just the basic blue, red, yellow, purple, green, blue. But they do actually have some, I think, extra terms depending on what specific color they are talking about also. But I didn't look further than that. I only looked at, like, the base colors mainly because, one, it was kind of hard to find information, two that would have taken a lot more research time than I had
0: one thing I thought was interesting with the the articles you did send me was that a lot of the colors are based pretty closely on the material that is used to create that color Hmm. Um, for example the indigo is a is like a regionally significant one or like the matcha green Mm -hmm. like for matcha tea um, it's like the specific shade of green, and so it's. I mean, you see that everywhere else too, but it seems like especially here um, that the that the color name is closely associated with how it's produced. I always, I found that interesting. There are also colors named after animals, in particular after like mice, and that like nezumi, meaning mouse, is like expressive of specifically gray tones. So you can have a grape mouse, which is purple gray Or a fuji mouse, which is light purple gray <laughs> uh, A uh, willow mouse, which is light green gray Or a tea mouse, which is light brown gray I thought that was cool That like Typically when we are describing colors We don't describe colors as shades of gray Usually, like when we think about gray At least from how I was raised on colors i guess (laughs) that gray existed exclusively as somewhere between black and white that there was no tint to it i guess but it's interesting to see that like gray being a base color and then oh it can be a green gray or a purple gray like we just don't think of it that way usually like if you see a a grayish green you would just call it you would say that it's based in the color green you'd say oh that's green or it might it might come seem like a, like sort of a dusty green or like a faded green but you would call it green you wouldn't call it gray.
1: Mhm. I think that is interesting like the comparison difference between the two. Another thing that I found interesting too which I also sent Dodo. So Japanese are very particular about ranking even kind of still today with the whole like se- calling people senpai or san or like cuz if they're hi- um kind of higher level than you You have to be more respectful than if you're kind of on the lower end of the scale essentially and so back in the day even they had those types of rankings where it was more so societal rankings and depending on your societal ranking you could only wear like specific colors and so like the deep purples which we also even in like our culture we think of purple as royalty is the highest color you could wear whereas the lowest color was light black more like a gray
0: Was it a mouse gray?
1: (laughs) It looks more like a gray gray to me. Or like a Mm -hmm. cloudy, dark cloudy sky. A darker cloudy sky than just a nice little cloud. But yeah, I thought that was actually interesting to know that there is like, there was some significance in ranking with colors. Like it goes from like a deep purple to like blue, red, yellow. So like it goes from kind of the cooler colors to the warmer colors. And then it just becomes absent a color near the end which was Uh kind of interesting. Like, if you were lower on the scale, you're just not allowed to wear color because obviously dyes were probably pretty expensive back in the day. Or, like, it's work to do it, so...
0: And and purple was the most expensive to produce and, like, the, the most arduous to produce, hence why only the royalty would be able to access it and then gatekeep everyone else from it for a very long time.
1: I think that you see, like high societal characters now also still wearing purple as like a descriptor but i don't think you have that sort of ranking system in like the japanese culture stuff that we watch now such as like magical girl shows or other shows that have multiple color characters in a in a kind of set group Mm -hmm. but jumping straight into the names though first i was actually pretty surprised at how how many names really did come up though with with these, like, root words, essentially, I guess is how I would say it. I wasn't expecting as many names for the colors that weren't black and white, honestly, just because those are the ones that I really noticed. But I was a little bit fishy about Akane being, or, like, for Akka, which is red, just because I was like, Akane is a really popular name. But apparently Akane means deep red, so... It was actually very, spe- like, it was actually very significant to find names that were Akane. Yeah. And then, but it's different from Akari, because Akari means light. So, trying to figure out which names were really meaningful versus not. Um, unfortunately for Blue, I don't know why, but my anime list didn't like me searching al. It let me search it one time, and then suddenly it just stopped letting me, so.
0: That's weird.
1: Yeah, it was kind of weird. There are a few examples that I do remember that apparently I didn't save, but I think I remember them well enough to find them again. And then Murasaki, which is purple. There were actually a few names with it. I just, there wasn't any shows specifically that I've seen. And then Midori, which is green. I remember one specific character. Amazingly, no one has the name Orenji, which is orange. <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Surprise. Surprise. Um, Kiro, which is yellow, but I wasn't sure if you could just put K-I-R-O instead for Kiro because, like, I don't know, there's a lot of names that I can think of that are like I don't know, like, if you think of, like, Kirito or, like, Kirino both of those from, one from Sword Art Online, the other one from um, My Little Sister Can't Be This Cute, which are two main Mm -hmm. characters, but not knowing enough about Japanese culture and also just not knowing my Japanese characters slash not knowing the breakdown of their names with the in comparison to those characters to see if the characters like kind of match. Again, a lot of research that I didn't actually have time for. I didn't look too far into it for yellow, but that is a very popular like group color. No one was named after brown, which is Chayaro. Gin was kind of a popular name. I didn't, again, save it. But apparently the red-haired guy in Death Parade, is his name is like Gingen or something like that, which is silver, Hmm. which apparently is masculinity. And like, he seems pretty masculine. But his hair is red and he's like, has a short fuse. So I don't know if that's, if you go off the hair color because anime hair color is just so distinct also of being so many different colors too. But yeah, so Gin is silver, and Ki is gold, and Pinku is pink. Surprise. But I guess we gotta dive in, right? Let's do it. What do you prefer, Dodo, black or white?
0: Mm, Let's start with black.
1: Okay, black it is. So black was actually a really popular color in Japan, and for meaning through Japanese culture, I guess, it is for electronics and clothing, mystery, night, and anger, Calligraphy, which is a big thing, is done in black and white paper. But black and white, apparently in Japanese culture, are both mourning colors. Which I thought was interesting because I don't think usually we think of death with white in our culture in America. But apparently envelopes for con- like sending your condolences were tied with like strings that were black and white. Um, hair color and eye color were depicted as black and white because obviously that would have been common. For Asian culture. Black also denotes evil-hearted people apparently, which I thought was interesting. And then on like the more generic scale, Black is seen as protection, dramatic, classy formality, death, evil, and mystery. Again. So going into that and looking at a bunch of different shows, I typed in Kuro into my anime list and just kind of scrolled through a bunch of characters that that I recognized. And so a few of them that really stuck out actually were Vivid Red Operation actually has a little bit more color coordination than I thought, let alone the name. So it being called Vivid Red Op- Operation, but the main one of the main girl characters, her name is Rei Kuroki, which you're not just gonna hear Kuro as the, like full name. It's just gonna be it's gonna be somewhere in that name itself. She's a ty- typical type of girl that's like the mysterious, doesn't really talk a lot, obviously has a dark past sort of character. That you want to help, but at the same time, like, doesn't let you help her until, like, the very end of the series. So I thought that one was interesting. One thing you might actually recognize, though, is from Shokugeki no Soma. Is Ryo Kuro Kaiba, who's the guy with, like, the black hair who's always with the white-haired girl Alice. That, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he gets really into cooking, he'll put on his bandana and, like, completely change forms into a, like... He gets, like, overly dramatic and really aggressively passionate about his cooking Mm -hmm. to like make like seafood dishes i think he also has some red tints in his bandana too which are also known as power passion and strength just noting Mm -hmm. but like was that a character like was that actually a choice by the creators or was that just like like they just happened to mix red and black because they looked good on him or was it more because of the specific reasoning behind it which it probably was just because the colors looking good together but it's fine I get excited about these things
0: (laughs) with that character specifically though if you're talking about him having this alter ego where he's really intense about everything compared to when he's not cooking and he's just kind of dull and monotone it's sort of like you could think of his like black aura as like coal I guess it's like usually just like dusty it's like a dusty rock and then when you actually light it on fire and then it gets it gets fired up and it's all hot and whatever it's the best analogy I can think of for that character so I mean you can also think of that association with masculinity of black being associated both with masculinity and with knowledge as something that's sort of uh, latent in a way and again i'm not saying that this is characteristic of of men inherently at all just that the idea of masculinity is like all this potential energy but you know men keep it keep it under wraps and are very subdued because they're not like the crazy emotional women again i don't believe that just that that's the the stereotype i guess but then of course when when the black characteristics are activated then it's like oh all this fury is unleashed and it's like oh everything is on fire and that's when you get like the the passion of the color red you know because when the only emotion men are allowed to feel is anger mm-hmm. and so it erupts in like a fury i think that character embodies that
1: mhm no i think you're right also talking about his not softer but more gloomish side i think that also kind of goes with the formality portion because he is very respectful when he's in that state too. Mm-hmm. Another one that stuck out to me actually too was from Detective Conan, was Kaito Kid, um, his name being Kaito or Kuriba Kaito, and Kaito Kid. I know you haven't seen Detective Conan, is kind of the opposite of Detective Conan. So Detective Conan's about a little, is about a high school guy who gets turned into an elementary school boy, but he still helps solve cases by putting his family friend's dad who's also a detective to sleep talking through him and solving mysteries and so Kaito Kid is seen as this kind of like the Robin Hood in a way he uses magic to in illusions to essentially steal artifacts that are going to either be stolen by someone else or I think some somewhat maybe a little bit for his own gain. he has his own reasons why he steals things in like his I think his dad used to also be some sort of thief in the night, sort of feel. But I think it's very interesting that even though, like, he kind of, he's the black for, like, protection, he's very dramatic. When he is Kaito Kid, he's very, like, dramatic because it's, like, a big magic show, but also, like, classy and formal because it's kind of that aura that magicians have where they kind of pull you in using their charisma and then also, like, the mystery behind it. But also the weird, I think the interesting part though for Kaito Kid is that he wears like white instead of like wearing a full black suit. He's he's like clearly very easy to see. Also kind of depicting his goodness or his like that he's like a good character. Like you want to root for him to steal the artifact because you know that if it's in his hands that it will be safe. So I just thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. One of them that I was curious about, like it doesn't actually say it here maybe dodo knows but is there like a correlation between black and sex
0: well that make not that i can think of specifically but there is again i think of scum's wish Mm. where you see the visualization of in a lot of that sex is black is like black ink like leaks over like these transitional images and like the the leaking in of like this black ink like spreading across the screen is very very clearly associated with hanabi feeling like she is losing her purity in some sense Mm -hmm. um through sex or sexual acts so
1: there's a few characters that i found that are like kind of more sexual in nature and i was wondering if maybe that was why they were had that name in it like for rosario vampire which is a harem show about a guy who ends up at a monster school And makes friends with a bunch of female monsters, of course. Um, And one of them being a succubus, but her name is Kuromu Kurono. And like, being a succubus, obviously, she's very kind of sexualized, but also kind of like pushes herself onto him sexually. And I was just wondering if like, that's also kind of part of it, because there's another character in Kagaku no Gun. Um, her name is Kuroko Shirai, and both of those characters are very, like, pushy towards their love interests of, like, sexual acts. Like, Kuroko will go out of her way to buy lingerie and love potions to try and get Misaka's attention. And, like, obviously being a succubus, succubi have their own charms that they can use. But I think it's also interesting that these are, like, obviously two female characters. Here's the thing with, like, finding all these. To me, it's interesting because I, like, know these characters, but I assume that, like, whoever is listening to this doesn't maybe know all th- every single character that I'm mentioning right now. I don't know. I just, I think it's really interesting if you think about, like, the names. I could talk about some bigger names, I guess, too. But, um, seeing this kind of trend with characters throughout different series. Because, like, with even a bigger show like Bleach, the main guy character's name is Ichigo Kurosaki, which I focused way more on the fact that his name was Strawberry because... It's amusing that his name is strawberry, but the black color really depicts him well like in the show I don't know. I know that Dodo's never seen Bleach, but for Bleach It's all about this guy who finds out that Shinigamis exist and like kind of gets thrown into the realm of Shinigamis which are death gods And so a lot of the clothing for them are black and white and then Ichigo there's a lot of things that happen with Ichigo, but he is the kind of the depiction of masculinity. There's a lot- it's a shonen, so there's a lot of muscle tone on all the characters. But he's also shown as, shown as a protector um, towards his friend group that are all fighting with him. And even like at the beginning, he's shown as a protector with um, Rukia when he saves her from the evil demon force spirit thing that I don't remember the name of because I haven't seen Bleach in forever. Yeah, there's a a really long list, I would love to go over all of them, but I'm pretty sure no one else would be interested (laughs) if I went over every single one that I found.
0: (laughs) The thing with the color black too is that you can't really judge characters' hair color as much with the color black simply because most Japanese people have black hair so it's kind of more or less a default color.
1: Yeah, no I agree, but I also think that it's if you it's kind of interesting though in the sense of when I was looking up the names, like a good portion of the characters that I typed when I said Kuro were black or like Shiro were white. Aka had mm-hmm. like re- like they had red hair. I was like, "Oh, okay. I mean, this you know, it's anime. Like characters with Midori in the name had um green hair. And, like, so on and so forth. And I was like, so, like, there is some that some of that trend also just because they can get away with it with anime of giving those, like, more vibrant colors, which I thought was kind of fun.
0: Yeah.
1: But, yeah, you're also right. There were, like, obviously a lot of shiros that had black hair. And I was like, you know, you're not surprised. Um, black and dark blue are very common when you're trying to give, like, a more realistic color depiction of people in Japan.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of hair color... I don't remember the like sort of if there's like an origin story for this, but the idea that your hair like changes to white after like a traumatic event or something. Oh yeah. Um, there's a few there's at least a couple examples of that that I can think of. The first being from Kakaguri, where uh, the the treasurer of the student council, who again is like the, if you listen to our fourth episode, He's the guy that didn't cheat in his gambling and just used his exorbitant amounts of money and extremely smart rationality to try to beat the main character in gambling. And then she beats him using kind of irrational tactics and gets under his skin just enough to destroy him in his own game. And so then like he faints and his hair turns white and so it's like kind of represented how he has fallen away from his sort of again black referring to like masculine knowledge it's like an emasculating thing for him to like lose his sort of rationality I guess and so his hair turns white second example being in Tokyo Ghoul which I've only seen the first season of I will admit that outright but the main character kind of goes Joker mode and his hair turns white, basically. I believe that's at the end of the first season that that happens. It is. Yeah.
1: Which is interesting, though. I think for the first one, at least for Kakaguri, you could argue that the treasure guy ha- who has like black hair originally, maybe that's to denote like the, e- like, as we said before, black can be an evil hearted person and him turning white. When you watch him in the second season, he's a lot more tame. He's kind of almost zombie-like because he doesn't really have as much passion anymore for anything. But mm-hmm. he almost like is, I don't know, in a way, obviously purified visually. But I think he's also purified as a character too. Whereas you have kind of the opposite with Tokyo Ghoul. Like, so essentially, in case you haven't seen Tokyo Ghoul, sorry. That was high assumption that everyone's kind of seen Tokyo Ghoul. Um, essentially, Ken, the main character, gets chased down by a ghoul and because I think they both get into a traumatic accident, he ends up with the ghoul, like, one of the ghoul's organs in him. I forget which one. Kidney. Sorry, it is a kidney. With his kidney being replaced, he now starts having ghoulish personalities. Like, he can't eat regular food anymore because it tastes bad. Uh, he, like, craves human flesh essentially and mm-hmm. if you look at it that way though he almost like if ghouls in the show as kind of depicted seem to be more evil hearted or like in in that sort of way he almost is like anti-purified by turn because when he turns white he's more in his ghoul mode versus when he's just like his normal self trying to just live everyday life like a normal human being again and being really passive and my favorite type of character <laughs> um I do think the one that I One last one I want to talk about, though, which is kind of a spoiler for Toradora. In Toradora, Taiga is one of the main characters and she's pretty much abandoned by her family but her dad comes back at one point to, like, accept her back in and his name is Rikuro um, Isaka. And, like, originally you think, like, oh, yay, her dad's back. Like, he wants to take her back in. But then Taiga pretty much gets really upset about the whole situation because she doesn't trust him anymore. But, like, the fact that he has Kuro in the name, like, black-hearted person, so, like, he, obviously, he was kind of evil, or, like, he was a questionable being and ends up pretty much abandoning her again, per usual, which is really sad, but at the same time, like, would you have known that maybe he was like that with just his name? But you also have a lot of angsty characters in other animes also that have, like, that are depicted as maybe being bad, but not actually completely bad. Like with um, the gang leader in Two Hour know, Railgun, everyone thinks that he's this awful human being, but you find out that he's actually kind of the sweet guy who just happens to be the leader of a gang. Um, mm-hmm. Or like any other like characters that kind of have black, like Kuryuki Hime in Excel World, who seems like um, kind of darker, like nobody really talks to her because they're all kind of not really sure, but at the same time inside the game because she is killed. Another spoiler. But in in the game of Excel World, she's the only other king who's killed another king which is if you kill two kings you become level 10 and you get the whole like magical things of excel world of reaching the top and realizing why it's created and anyway but like having Kuro in her name I think is really interesting because like it kind of shows the more mystery but also there's the death and everything too but she's also protective and then you also have like in Charlotte you have the two sisters of Misa Yusa Kurobane which they, I forget which one's which, but I think Misa's the dead sister who's possess, who can possess, possess Yusa's body. And then be able to use, like, Misa has firepower, Yusa doesn't. So, like, it's interesting seeing, like, the play on, like, death. But also you have their whole eye color thing where Misa has red eyes and Yusa has blue eyes. Where blue is a sign of, like, love, loyalty, security, trust, and tranquility, I was almost gonna say intelligence, but she wasn't the most intelligent character. Whereas Misa, who has the red eyes, really show- also is a sign of love, but shows more that passion, strength, and like she uses fire. So, like heat, anger, she's definitely more prone to anger and everything too, like that, where her sister is not as. She's a little bit more fearful. And just like looking at little things like that and seeing how, like, I don't know, I find that like thrilling. In my head, but...
0: There is one other example I wanted to bring up, actually, that I was thinking about in terms of the black and white hair thing, which is Death Note. Oh. And that, I think, has a lot to do with color in general because you have your main character whose name in English is Light, and he has, like, light sort of blondish hair. So Light's this character who is, who is called Light, but he's really kind of a villain... I guess it depends on on what side you're on.
1: (laughs) We're all on the light side.
0: Yeah, he he kind of depicts himself as like a righteous god, but he obviously has some real villainous qualities. Um, And he is posed against L, who is jet black hair, black eyes, and this L character is very much like a seeker of justice, but also doesn't have the same um, sort of universal scope that Light does, if I remember correctly. L is more so narrowly focused on justice, but then L, I guess this is Death Note spoilers, L dies. The sort of detective, super detective that replaces L is near and Nier is very similar to L, except that near has, like, white hair. So they kind of also, in Death Note, they have this movement, at least among those those sort of detectives that are going after light. They move from the black hair to the white hair again. Um, and it's been too long since I've seen this, so I can't really analyze what what that movement really means, per se. Um, but there's definitely something to that as well. That near is like, in a lot of ways, he's different than L. But in the way that he sort of, you know, sits and like sort of presents himself as like this weird, quirky detective guy, he's a very similar to L. Um, and especially in the way he looks, it's just that his the hair has moved from black to white. So mm-hmm. Death Note fans. Send us a message, let us know what you think of that movement, if there's significance to that.
1: Just also going to put in that Mello was also a detective because there's probably going to be people who are like, well, you forgot the other detective because they were a pair, even though they didn't really work together. But I still think it's important to mention him.
0: Another thing is not just individual color symbolism, but color palettes, like combinations of colors that particular directors prefer to use
1: like lighter and lighter brighter colors versus like darker tones
0: yeah or just like you know certain shades like i don't know the one that comes to mind for me is like the intro or the openings for arakawa under the bridge are like super like pastel Mm -hmm. coloring It's like really washed out but also really bright and again we talked about like sort of the childishness of the show in a way of like they're all like Children in a weird way, or like plain make believe, and that seems to sort of the the sort of pastel coloring seems to sort of evoke that as well.
1: Kind of feeling like crayons,
0: mm-hmm. mm. or like watercolors, mm-hmm. as opposed to something that's a lot more edgy. Again, like like Death Note, where there's like a lot of a lot of dark and then a lot of like sharp colors, muted um,
1: tones too. Mm-hmm.
0: Or like you think of like a cyberpunk sort of deal or like a like a post-apocalyptic setting where where it's like a lot of neon coloring um also a lot of a lot of like jet black but then also like a lot of bright red Mm -hmm. we could talk about perfect blue a little bit too i know we've already sort of talked about color in that show but just briefly mention that in perfect blue which we talked about in a previous episode
1: episode three idol culture
0: that's right of course, the title of the movie is Perfect Blue. Um, but the idea is that you don't really see a perfect, clear blue until the very end. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's still a little uncertain. The much more prominent color in the, throughout the, the film is red. Mm-hmm. It's like a, like a deep, like, blood red. Um, it's everywhere. It's all the time. And so what does it mean that you're stuck in this, like, red and the sort of trajectory is is kind of like supposed to imply that by the end she finally finds her perfect blue blue being a much more subdued sort of calm color i think in that that color chart i think it was this 12 cap and rank system blue is benevolence as opposed to propriety in red um so it's the search for something that's a lot more peaceful
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, on the other color chart, too, it's tranquility, but also, I think it also shows kind of her coldness towards everything that happened, too, back then, in a way. hmm
0: Blue is, like, a good, like, post-action color, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, you think of the sea as well. Like, we talked about the lull in the sea, episode two, and the sea sort of is this thing that sort of holds the past, You know, but this the sea village is very much grounded in tradition. It preserves the the hibernating sea people in like in their current state, and so it's something that is sort of closely tied to the past Mm -hmm. and past events. And it's sort of I don't know. And again, like the sea being associated with like the uh, the womb. It's it's sort of like this you know fluid that holds things. I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. What was it? The love plankton?
0: The love plankton. That's right. Good callback.
1: It was a good callback. There actually was... Um, I do want to talk about Alolancy a tiny bit later. But first I want to hit the more simplistic color of white, too. At least, because like black and white were at least the two colors that I really wanted to look at for this topic. But again, white, goodness, innocence, purity. It means death in Japanese, apparently. Also kind of cold... Uh, apparently, also, it was attributed to seppuku, which is the ritualistic samurai suicide, which I thought was a little bit interesting. And But it's also the color of the tr- typical wedding dress in Japanese culture for Shinto weddings, is a white dress, mm-hmm. whereas the males wear this like black attire, which I only really know because Nozo Eri had a picture of them in the traditional wedding attire. And yes, the Nozo Eri love live fandom lovers got excited anyway but talking about characters with like shiro in their name a lot of them are i did kind of see this trend of like good innocent and pure types of characters or like more so and then also i do think you can also like i think characters in general have their own colors too sometimes in anime but i'll get that to that a little bit later but for first um a lot of the more innocent characters in my opinion are like the characters that were very that are very like the main characters that are looking for pushing the world towards a, like some good outcome like you're following them. You always obviously like want things to go well for them or like they're just the more straight and narrow characters too in my opinion. Um One of them being I think for at least for goodness. Fate's Day Night has a good example of the main character Shiro Emiya. I know um he is like. The typical main character thrown into a situation where he just wants everything to kind of go the right way i don't perfectly remember the show because i've watched it a while ago but like i just remember him being like that stereotypical character put in a situation wanting all the good things to happen he doesn't want i think he's okay with the fighting but like i'd have to like look back at it but from my memory kind of one of those stereotypical characters you also have shiro from no game no life who is the sister character of the sibling Team Blank, where she is kind of quieter, definitely very innocent and pure, which is why her brother like dotes on her con- constantly. So you kind of have like that purity factor, which you also see with Relife, um, with Chizuru Hishiro. So she's like, she's the main character of the series, also. She also has more of the cold distance appearance, but I think she's also very innocent and pure in the sense of like trying to talk to other people in society, not really knowing how to communicate well, and kind of showing that naive nature of not really knowing how to talk to other people. I did think it was actually interesting because I remember there was a character in um, Kaichiwa Maid Sama, too, that apparently has Shiro in his name. He's part of the idiot trio, so I didn't really hear about him, but I did remember that in one of the episodes, they're trying to choose, um, essentially magic, um, superhero colors for all the maids at the cafe, and they ask the three idiots, what color do you think Misaki should be wearing at the end, and at the, I think at the end of the day, her color is white, which I thought was interesting. They said something about, like, white allows for other colors to bleed into it, so it kind of, like, almost plays off of the other characters, depending on... What situation she's in, which kind of fits her as a character, because she's trying. The entire show is about this um, girl who's like very straightforward, student council president of her high school, and she is trying to hide the fact that she works as a maid to get money to support her family. And so, like, depending on what situation she is, and she kind of bleeds into the situation. So, like, when she's with Asui. She can easily get irritated by him because he just knows how to push her right buttons. But when she's in, like, student council president mode, when she's talking at least to the female, she's very gentle. She's very kind. When she's talking to the males who are doing dumb things, she gets really angry at them and acts very, like, in power and, like, pretty much calls them idiots constantly. And then, like, when she's at the maid cafe, she's very, like, she's kind of passive towards her other coworkers because I think she's the youngest of them. But also does well in playing the role of the maid that she has to be plus they do a lot of event days so you get to see her in a multitude of different characters too like when they have little sister day or like when they have other sorts of days like she's very much plays to whatever scenario she's kind of put into which i also thought was interesting
0: mhm the idea of, of white as a sort of blank slate as like tabula rasa i guess is really interesting that that's an association with with purity is not just that you have like a certain moral standard and not, not that this is necessarily true about these characters but that in some way that you're sort of vacuous that you're you're just like a vessel to be filled mm-hmm. you know something with you don't have your own opinions necessarily you just you take in what other people impose on you more or less mm-hmm. and absorb it um, yeah it's, it's very easy to to um, see the associations there if you think of black with masculinity white with femininity that that whole dual thinking of of gender something i wanted to bring up though is bad analogy but i'll go ahead and fall on the sword here if this counts as a tangent (laughs) (laughs) you'll see why it's a bad analogy in a moment
1: we haven't even gone into iris yet so true
0: i still i still have a chance for redemption (laughs) <laughs> um to to purify my my lead tangent, but there is this. This is not an anime. It would be amazing if they made an anime version of this. But there's this this film by by Kobayashi, 19 1962 I think Harakiri, um, live action, and it's um, very much a samurai movie, but it is also a critique of samurai movies. Um, and it's it's sort of critiquing these sort of sis, the sort of feudal system that gets glorified in movies of the time talking about like the social inequalities of the feudal system and how a lot of the sort of ritualistic aspects and the hierarchy that that a lot of uh, film directors were romanticizing. Kobayashi kind of takes this very critical look at, at all those things and said, well, really it's kind of silly to be romanticizing this this. The life of the samurai, um, when uh, a lot of it is is grounded in poverty, um, and these feudal systems are keeping people impoverished, and um, it kind of culminates in this story of of harakiri or or essentially like honorable suicide, um, and the politics surrounding that suicide. the The idea of the of the time is that if you were a samurai and you and you worked for some lord or you worked for some house and they disbanded or they no longer needed you or, or whatever then you were just sort of a wandering samurai with with no one to work for and so your only real option was to present yourself to another powerful house and say i need to come here to kill myself because this is or you can only perform Harakiri um, correctly inside, like, the the house of a of a lord or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you present yourself and you say, I need to commit Harakiri here. And the the norm was that the lord wouldn't want you to do that because it's just weird and gross to have some random samurai come into your house and kill themselves. Um, it's just just not great optics. And, like, you don't get anything out of it, right? Like, you have to feed them for a night and then...
1: You also have to take care of the body.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And y- you don't want to you also don't want other samurai to know about it. So, usually like the norm is what would happen is these samurai who are unemployed, essentially starving, would go up to the the lord and say, "Hey, I need to kill myself here." And the lord would just pay them to leave, essentially. So, I'm going to pay you $100 to fuck off. And then the samurai would go to the next place, go to the next place,
1: continuing their asking to kill themselves and just keep on getting money
0: exactly at, at least that's how it's told by the film so the plot point of this film is that this samurai this young scared samurai comes to this place he, he's doing the doing the do you know he needs to he needs to get his money and the lord knows what the game is all about and he wants to punish this samurai for for trying to to do that and so he says okay Great come on in and kill yourself <laughs> um, And the samurai Is not prepared to do so He's already committed the cardinal sin Of having sold His samurai sword Which is like a huge No no if you're a samurai um, It's basically like complete Dishonor And so he's he comes in With this fake bamboo sword In his holster And he is required to by the lord to use his sword his bamboo sword to kill himself so there's this really disgusting awful incredible scene where he has to stab a like a blunt bamboo sword through his stomach and it's incredibly painful to watch and so the this whole story of this samurai this poor samurai has to kill himself with a bamboo sword is told by this other samurai essentially who is again very much jokerfied um and he is like talking about how fucked up it is and like how this samurai got into that situation where he has to beg and how he's like totally impoverished and why he had to sell his sword to survive and feed his family and so this this samurai who comes in he is telling this story very calmly as he's about to commit Harakiri, supposedly. Um, it doesn't quite go that way if you watch the film, but he's telling this story and he is wearing all black on this like bright white mat. If you join our Discord, I can show you the specific picture I'm looking at right now as I describe this. So anyway, he's wearing this this all black and he's on this like bright white mat. And so it's, it's this interaction of three colors of of black white and presumably red Um, but the film is in black and white so you never see the red you only see the red on the movie posters where it's this like bright red splash across the black and white so anyway it's just this another interaction of the black the masculine calm knowledge and then this sort of I don't know I, I guess I see the the white here as I don't know if the white characterizes the house maybe I would have to watch the watch the film again but it's he's kind of like the idea is that you're you're like splattering blood over this very mm-hmm. pure unadulterated thing that like the the suicide of the Harakiri is something that that cannot be overlooked because it's messy and it's human and the, the like the pristine honor system is something that gets sullied by like the physical body and like All of like the grossness that comes with that And all of like the Like when you're stabbing the bamboo sword through your stomach And you're like moaning And you can't help but think How fucked up is this This pristine system that we end up with This result, you know Mm -hmm. Where this is the This is like the face of the real human suffering That this is causing And so it's the I guess the, the movement from Black to blood-stained white is is super present in that film but again you only see it in black and white which is also gives you something to think about too but yeah that's my huge giant tangent on that
1: it sounds very interesting honestly and maybe i'll check it out but since you did go on a long tangent not that i'm ending the episode i actually thought of a few other things with tokyo ghoul but remember when i mentioned that in tokyo ghoul you have Um, Ken Kanaki, and we were talking about his black hair. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually pretty interesting that the ghoul that he has put into him, her name's actually Rize Kimishiro, with white in her name. Um, But now that I'm thinking about back on Tokyo Ghoul, I think that it's a very... The ghoul society is almost kind of in a way better than the human society of automatically casting ghouls aside because they are ghouls even though you have examples of ghouls living through society who aren't the you know the bad examples of ghouls of people who just go on murderous kill sprees and eat people like obviously they need to eat but there is also kind of that separate system that this cafe holds or even they have their supplements that you don't necessarily have to actually eat a real person but there's like other options and now that i'm thinking about it more like maybe white is depicted as more the purifying color in tokyo ghoul of like maybe society is the darker black color of the black hearted of not understanding or empathizing with these with the ghouls and what they have to go through like they're forced to eat human flesh to survive Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: like I, so either they can all be eradicated, which not who actually wants to die, like your fight or flight system is gonna kick in, versus trying to figure out a way for society to accept them and being able to coexist with anxiety. Anxiety. What the hell? did I just say? Trying to coexist with society. That was a brain fart. Um, but it kind of reminds me also of like um that whole idea of iZombie Zombie Two where. They do find out, I think, the last season of iZombie, that zombies exist in, I think, it's Seattle. And so, like, I haven't actually seen the last season yet, but they have to try and figure out a way to coexist. Like, throughout the entire series, though, um, the main girl character has been trying to figure out how to coexist as being a zombie with everybody else in the world. But, like, that's kind of just it, though. Like, we're very good at, hey, this is our normal. Oh, this foreign thing's coming in. This foreign thing is the problem. We need to we need to like either get rid of it or fix it in some sort of way and not just like mm-hmm. hey this foreign problem's here we should figure out a way for both of us to coexist together which i think you see in a few other series but i can't think of them off the top of my head but i just i wanted to re come back to that because i just remembered a little bit more from tokyo cool it's really hazy not gonna lie only seen first season also sorry we won't go too much longer into names but i do want to mention a little bit more about red because we haven't been talking a lot about red but aka meaning red apparently red and white obviously very prominent traditional colors in japan it's literally their flag is a white flag with a big red sun in the middle their red is important for ceremonies you also have like the red beans that people eat to like celebrate before a big day or after a big day i think apparently it's also important for weddings birthdays and other events you have red and white day so Well, Red Day being like a Valentine's Day, which is like the day that you give your love to somebody. And then in Asian cultures, they have White Day, which is a month later. You give a gift back to someone who's given you a gift on Valentine's Day as like a thank you in a way. It doesn't necessarily have to be chocolate. Sometimes it's like a handkerchief or some other sort of artifact. But I think that's very interesting. And traditionally, it is a female giving a male chocolate, I feel like. But... With the newer times, I think there is a little bit of shifting in it, and a lot of the things I've seen that in is kind of technically more so Yuri's, so girls giving girls things and giving girls back things. So it's fine. But we also see red a lot with religious things too, like such as shrines and temples. I mean, you have the torii gates in um, Kyoto, which are a bunch of red torii gates that go up a line. They're all red. Red has been set- Red has been seen to scare away evil spirits. It says, in old time, Shinto priests were dressed in red and now they have red aprons and caps, often with kitsune. I think that's the fox spirit. Um, Shinto festivals have tables covered with red cloths. So yeah, red is also a very spiritual cult- um, color, it sounds like, at least in Shinto culture. Um, symbolic meaning of peace, prosperity of the family. I know, in at least in Chinese culture, red- wearing a red dress is common for like a wedding dress too but red came to be associated with wealth as attested by red sheaths samurai swords and ornamental combs that's true you kind of mention it like it's the little things like that that you don't really realize until it's like right in front of you i guess in my opinion but Mm -hmm. i think that you can also if you're looking at our other color chart obviously red like i've mentioned before which is akka again Um, Love energy power strength passion heat anger danger warnings very true a lot of the characters that I found with red in their name um, Again, like I mentioned before Akane In itself is a deep red and I feel like Akane is a very common name that you see kind of in different shows But a lot of these are very passionate characters or like they're Like if you look at the power rangers or any other group like red is typically the main color right of like the center at least for power rangers like red is the leader Mm -hmm. red is the main character usually too and so for example um for a few examples you have like uh for leadership at least that was the main one that I focused on was for Kante collection you have Akagi her color on her like um, her outfit is actually also red and she's kind of seen as like the I think in the anime at least she's kind of seen as a leader I know that for Kante collection as a whole series you can kind of choose which girl you want but I think Akagi is one of kind of the bigger names. She's very much put on a pedestal in the anime a lot and I think she's one of the main faces of content Collection. So, and she's kind of seen as like a leader and she has a lot of power and strength and that sort of feeling. Whereas you also have in Vivid Red Operation, like I mentioned before, the main girl character's name is Akane Ishiki. She's the red girl in the mechas. I don't remember, it's not technically really mecha but like she's the red girl in their little like powwow and her name literally means deep red. Or even like, and she's the main character. You have Tuaro Kakuro no Railgun. Pretty much the main character of Railgun is Misaka Mikoto who's very passionate, full of energy, she has electric energy as her thing, she's very like protective of her friends, she's easily, she's a tsundere so she's obviously easily like angered also, but she also shows off her strength very easily and um, everything like that. Even in Toradora, you have Ryuji Takasu, who I feel like he's very much the character that almost talks about love, all- well at the beginning he's actually the one that explained to Taiga like about his love, about his passion. He also has the eyes that make him look angry all the time. Or like people are very wary of him with the whole like danger thing. And but he's also surprisingly very passionate about being in love and accepting his feelings that he has for people. Um also on the side of being very passionate about love and Yuri Yuri, you have the two sisters, Akari and Akane. Akaza. I think it's funny that Akari means light and she's part of the main four girls, but she's the one she's the one with the little pink buns that like everybody forgets and they have a huge running joke about how she just doesn't exist in the series at all even though she's the main character and i think it's funny that she's light while well, her sister akane is the deep red for like passion and she has a total ciscon for her little sister like she steals her panties like she has a body pillow like that whole passionate thing over there but like you just see a lot and like even with um I know you've actually seen this one, Dodo, like teasing Master Takagi-san, you have Takagi mm-hmm. herself, who has Akka in the name, who is obviously very in love, I think, and very passionate about it. Like, she's just a very, like, she literally omits her love for, like, the other character to just not pay attention at all to her true feelings, and he's just so oblivious. It's a wonderful show. I highly suggest it. I love the manga. I love the spin-off series of the manga. They're both adorable as hell but one that might spark Dodo's fancy a little bit more is actually in five centimeters per second the main girl character that he's that the guy's in love with for the first like when they're children thing her name's Akari Shinohara and I know that Akari does mean light and like there's that whole entire like I feel like we could go into a to our discussion alone about five centimeters per second because we already have in the past but her being the light is obviously one thing um because he's It's kind of, I don't know, kind of, if you think about, it like, a a lighthouse, right, he's very much drawn towards her and, like, wanting to go see her and, like, not really giving up on her. But also, if you think of it in the red sense, she's love, passion, and strength. And, like, she is at least the embodiment of his love, maybe not her own. I think she still has her own feelings of love, but we don't really see her as a full character throughout the series. But Mm -hmm. she can, she's definitely the representation of, like, his passion and his feelings, too which can be seen with, again, having red in the name. I'll save you all from listening to me going off on all these tangents again about names because when I tried to look up Ow, it didn't come up and I was kind of sad. But just know that Ow, also Aoi, it's really hard to say three <laughs> vowels in a row, also means blue. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, there is actually a character in, um, I think it was called Asteroid Love. Um, that had- she actually had, like, blue hair, too. And I think she also had a little bit of black in her name, which made sense because she was kind of a mysterious character, but also, like, was a sign of more tranquil and, like, relaxing versus, like, the main girl character who was kind of all over the place. Those are at least, like, two examples. I think there was also a character in, again, Vivid Red Operation. The girl who represents the blue coloring. Her name is Owie. We're gonna go with that for- for trying to say AOI. Um, which- She was also kind of that more nurturing character with more relaxed, but also very much in love with, in my opinion, and also I think for the community's opinion, um, in love with the main girl character, um, Akane. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: again, you do actually see a lot of these things for like other colors. You kind of see a few of these, but I think those are more so represented in groups and other things like that too. Going, I know that we talked about perfect blue already too, um, also... There were a few other names I was thinking of, but I couldn't. I don't know. There's there's two other shows that I think of with like names and with colored names in their titles, one being Blue Spring Ride. And I'm gonna be honest, guys, I remember not liking the show so much that I kind of deleted it from my en- my my uh, memory. Uh, <laughs> from what I remember, it was about a girl who fell in love with this guy, and they go through like their little power like the the song and dance of like falling in love with each other really slowly and stuff and like getting jealous and all those other fun little things but Mm -hmm. specifically calling it blue spring ride maybe it's because it's yeah i I honestly don't remember enough to tell you (laughs) um i also
0: do want to mention there's also grand blue i guess that one's a little more literal because it's all about scuba diving well it's not all about scuba diving a lot of it's not about scuba diving Mm -hmm. a lot of it's about crack boys getting naked and drinking together. Wonderful. It's a good show, though. I recommend it. So it's a lot of that is about the character, the main character, kind of coming around to understanding why these college kids are so into scuba diving as like this really like wholesome thing that they bond over and like feel responsible for and kind of help each other out with when a lot of college culture is centered around being irresponsible at least on the face of it mm-hmm. and like drinking and and doing stupid shit um, but when it comes to scuba diving they're very serious and they're very earnest and genuine about it and like really passionate about it and so I think the grand blue in the series is, is sort of like sort of this movement to adulthood again you think of the sea as something that's like post action again like you you get all like the 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 drama of youth and the like the passionate whatever like excursions of college if you Mm -hmm. want to put it that way um and then the the blue of the sea is kind of like this this sort of subdued like maturity like enjoying like sublime aspects of life that are that are bigger than just your individual self and your individual like carnal experiences like you're you're looking you're looking at something greater outside of yourself and you're like caring for other people I guess. That's how you could read that sort of grand blue in that series. Hmm. There's also Violet Evergarden.
1: Oh you're right. Violet Evergarden.
0: But I I would imagine that has to do more with the flower than the color. I
1: don't know is like I know that in American culture Violet is very much different from I mean, I think violet and purple are interchangeable in our language. But I was curious, like, I don't actually know this, but like in Japanese culture, I wonder if there is a difference. But I only say that because of like one little thing um, that I have reference to. (laughs) Because for the Iris group, obviously, all the idols have callouts. And for Himika Akaneya, um, her color is purple. And her callout literally is it's not violet it's and then the crowd says purple dio and so like oh so that's why i'm wondering if there is actually a difference in their culture or if she's just being like if she just thought of that as her call out so if it is then i that was why i was kind of like for violet evergarden i'm not sure if violet really counts as purple so i didn't put it in
0: also one that i'm i can't believe we missed is orange
1: oh it's <laughs> because i erased that from my memory <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad. I thought orange was a pretty good show still.
1: Okay, so orange being let's see. Denotes love and happiness, popular color and clothing, violent color also denotes civilization and knowledge. On the sheet it says courage, confidence, friendliness, success, ignorance and sluggishness.
0: Success is a big interesting one in the context of orange. Because the conditions of success in that show are really atypical i guess
1: sorry for people who haven't seen orange orange is about a group of i think there's six of them i honestly don't know there's only like three important characters in that show not gonna lie
0: no there's yeah there's six i'm pretty sure
1: okay so it's about this group of friends who in the future actually send back these messages to their past selves saying hey there's this guy who's gonna show up please take care of him and don't let him die because he's going to die in the future to put it simply and so like the entire show is about this group of friends trying not to let this guy die while also having like this huge entire mess of romantic entanglements between peoples and their romantic feelings not entanglements as in sex but like one-sided love relationships like going out and the i think the interesting part is like If that sort of situation happened, wouldn't it be better to have, like, more information and, like, share maybe all the letters with each other? But they all don't. Like, they kind of share, like, oh, yeah, I got my letter. And this is kind of what it said in an abbreviated form, but not telling, like, the whole specifics of the letter to everybody. Like, Suo in the current time, does not say anything about, hey, main girl character. have a kid and we're happy together in the future as like a family and like i know the moment that you fell in love with me and like i have this really happy picture of you me and our kid like those are the things that like they don't share like the more personal things that happen i think in the future which i don't know is interesting too as like the viewer but at least as personally i feel like you'd want to have all the information if like this sort of thing was actually happening in my opinion
0: it seems like there's a lot of a lot of overlap, it seems, with orange and other colors and what it symbolizes, like passion, knowledge. Da, da, da. Okay, yeah, those have we've seen those in other colors as well that we've discussed. But but yeah, that's that's why success sticks out to me because you haven't seen that explicitly as much in the other colors. The conditions of success in the show, it, it resolves quote cleanly, but there are definitely it's it's not a typical romantic drama where everyone we want together eventually ends up together like it's it's complicated and and people have to be kind of complacent with with what they get in a sense but are also like very accepting of what ultimately comes to them so it's like success in like this sort of weird way and so it's i guess the the way i'm seeing the title now is that it's a little bit ironic the orange of the sunset is beautiful in an unexpected way like it's a dis- it's like a refraction you know mm-hmm. of the light but it's still pretty even as it's like jumbled up and messed up that you're still able to find some semblance of success in mm-hmm. this story that's kind of patched together
1: also interesting if you like i don't know if this is true for everything but when you dissect colors because we haven't really talked about any colors that are created from other two other colors really yet because we've talked about many base colors but the connection between like if you look at red and yellow alone like that make orange obviously red being love energy power strength passion heat anger danger warning where yellow is bright energy sun creative intelligent happy but also irresponsible and unstable you kind of see a mix of both of those two colors also in orange, which I think is also kind of interesting, um, too, because obviously there's the love and the passion, and and there's like the warnings from the future, um, and obviously there's anger with the passion, but also, like we talked about the sun um, with the whole sunset ending, or like them being kind of irresponsible in a way of... Or unstable at least during some of the show, but they're also happy. I like how, even though like they have success, it's not, it still feels very messy success, and that I guess is what infuriates me about the show. So, talking before about symbolism of like characters and shows depicted with a certain color, I think you really see it a lot with idols and superhero shows. You also see it with a few other characters, um, such as like. In Chihayafuru you have Shinobu Wakamiya who is constantly shown with like snow backgrounds. She's known as being kind of a colder character. Doesn't really open up her feelings. She pretty much is a loner and doesn't want like her whole aspect of Karuta which is a Japanese card game which is played in Chihayafuru is like Karuta is not meant to be played with other people. Karuta is meant to be played with just like you and the cards. That's all you really need and kind of shows like. Even though she's kind of symbolized as, like, a light blue, but she also shows, like, the um, more cold aspects. Which is what I wanted to mention before in the white section, which I totally forgot, so I put it here. But going back to superheroes and idols, I think one of the biggest shows, obviously, that everyone knows is Sailor Moon. And one of the first questions that Dodo actually asked me once we were looking at colors was if the Sailor Moon girls follow the same patterns of at least the color chart that I had found. And I think they very much do. Just looking at them alone, you have Usagi, the main girl character who plays Sailor Moon, whose color is pink. Pink being happy, healthy, feminine, compassion, sweet, playful, but also weak. Femininity and immaturity, which we definitely see with Usagi throughout the entire series. Immaturity being like not waking up to her alarm, not really taking school responsibly, but also the feminine aspect of like being completely in love with this one guy that she found who was hot on the street once and never really talked to happy she's very sweet and playful like her entire thing is being so friendly that she ends up making friends with all the other sailor scouts really easily um just kind of ignoring other people's like tone of voices sometimes and just plowing through it like any good main character you have sailor mars or ray who is red showing her love she's constantly falling in love also i think all of them kind of fall in love a lot because they're girls not because they're girls but like at least back then i think it was very more common for like a lot of characters to fall in love and i think what was it sailor moon was made in like the 90s ish i don't know i feel like the male and female gender roles were very much more cliche back then too um ray is a sign of love energy power strength passion heat anger danger and warning she's also she is very passionate She's easily angered by a lot of different things where you see a lot of flames around her. Again, we also talked about how it's religious. She, I think, is a Shinto shrine maiden. So it's not surprising that she has like that religious element to it. And also she has kind of She's able to She's even like seen with fire, using fire as like a spiritual way to connect to like the god realm in a way to like kind of not really predict the future, but kind of tell if something bad's happening. She's constantly getting in fights with um, Usagi because of Usagi being kind of the dumber character, where she's more of the intelligent one, or just like easily angered. You have Minako Ino, which is Venus, which we talked about with Orange. She is she's very friendly. She wants to be an idol, so she has the courage and confidence. She's also a su- uh, successful. I don't remember if she makes it as an idol. She does in the live action series, but I don't think we actually talk about that. But she is a successful sailor scout actually on her own before Sailor Moon and her friends show up. Actually, she's pretending to be her. She also kind of shows the negative sides too, like ignorance and sluggishness where, like Usagi, she's not great in school, she's kind of lazy. I don't remember much about her ignorance, but I do remember her being kind of more of a sluggish character. Um, Makoto Kino, who's green, showing money, growth, fertility, freshness, healing, envy, jealousy, and guilt. Um, money not really, but definitely for like she's also one that easily falls in love, but also I think is jealous of other girls for because she's so tall that she doesn't really enjoy being. And she's also a little bit more masculine, so I think she's a little bit jealous of like not being as feminine as the other girls in some ways or but she's actually really feminine as a character, I think. I think she still knows how to cook and everything. She may maybe not be not as feminine as Mercury, but Fertility also kind of comes with that motherly feeling, and I think she kind of has more of the gentle motherish feelings that a lot of, I think, green characters have. And then you have Ami Mizuno, who's Mercury, who love she. I think she has some, she's actually one of the characters I don't think shows as much love. Um, Tranquility, she is kind of the more quieter character. Loyal, she's- blue characters are usually really loyal to the red characters. I think she's the first girl to join, too, so she has that loyalty towards Usagi. Um, Security, trust, and intelligence. She is very intelligent. Blue, I feel like, is commonly an intelligent color. They're usually like... I feel like the blue characters are usually like sweet, soft-spoken, intelligent, and totally in love with whoever the main character is. Especially in like Yuri series. And then, of course, we have... um, I'm not gonna go over all nine planets, obviously. You could do that on your own and give us some your own speculations. But at least for Tuxedo Mask, um, Mamaru Chiba. Let alone the fact that Mamoru means protect. Um, Tuxedo Mask is the one who usually comes in and protects the Sailor Scouts um, when they're in like dramatic tr- trouble. But he also kind of gives off that same aura of like um, mystery, obviously, um, classiness, formality. He's clearly dramatic in the sense that he always throws a rose down in front of the bad guy, and they all, of course, look up. Like if someone threw a rose in the middle of the fight, like yeah, maybe look up for a second. But if he's gonna talk for like a solid minute. Maybe you just keep on attacking while everyone's distracted so you don't actually lose the fight. I don't know, (laughs) my personal opinion. But I think they all are very much like signs of what their color should be. And then you see this in like a bunch of other series too, in a show that Dodo actually knows and likes. We have Madoka Magica, where I was kind of writing them out and was thinking like for Homura, I don't know if she's purple or if she's black. I think she has kind of tints of both. Which kind of also, you know, give her the protection, because she's clearly protecting Monica throughout the entire series. Spoiler alert. You have the dramatic, because at the beginning she is kind of like, she comes from the shadows. She's like, you shouldn't do this. And then like, <laughs> goes away and you're like, okay, sure. Um, you have, obviously, mystery around her. Um, but also you kind of have a little bit of the purple, which is also apparently mystery and but moodiness. Which is kind of funny, she is a little bit moody. Ambition you have a little bit. I think she's definitely more blacker tones, but she doesn't I mean she has purple eyes and her color's Technically purple, I think but at least the ambitions there for her and then for Madoka I thought it was interesting too because I think she's very much she has a very pink outfit, right? So she's again with the um, feminine Compassion playful she's immature in a way of like not really knowing what the whole magical girl system is she's a sign of femininity, femi- femininity. Um, in a way too, but also she has a lot of white in her outfit, showing her innocence and purity also, which has again has that contrast between black and white. Um, whereas the three other main girl characters, Kyoko who's red, Mommy who's yellow, and Sayaka who's blue, all are more of the flat color in my opinion. So like, Sayaka is very passionate. I don't know about intelligent as much, but she's very loyal for sure, and she's very trusting. Which is interesting. And then like, mommy being like the bright energy of sun, she's kind of that brightness of the whole Monica universe. At least in the first three episodes until she dies. Kind of killing the whole light of the entire show. Because um, after her death is where really where the show takes its turn and starts showing more of those darker elements. Which is interesting. And then obviously you have Kyoka who's red, who shows her um, strength, passion, but she's also very easy to anger too, which is kind of in contrast with Sayaka not- kind of a contrast to Sayaka because they are red and blue and I think red and blue are also kind of contrasting colors in a way, at least in American culture. But also, Sayaka's not really tranquil. I think that Sayaka is actually very also passionate because she is- um, but I think maybe that also comes with the loyalty factor too. Another show that Dodo has had to watch recently also is Yuki Yuna as a Hero where you see those colors um, I think in the girls too considering that Yuki herself is pink. Mimori, Togo, who's blue, really shows her loyalty. And she's also smart, if I remember correctly. I don't really remember the rest of them, but I assume they follow that same kind of color scheme.
0: Kind of. Yeah, the, the green character is much less of a mother figure. I think for green, her sort of green, it's like a yellowish green, which her sister is the yellow one. The older sister, who's the sort of leader of them, and for her, it's green, is seems more like like young, like like spring, like youth, you know, like early growth. And then there's the the red of the experienced hero, um, and she's very she's like a tsundere, and that's kind of interesting because her her fighting is very focused, and like her lifestyle is very focused and kind of like. Reined in while the other characters are seem a lot more passionate outwardly hers is a lot more internalized i guess um so it's interesting maybe it's a little ironic that her color is red
1: it's also interesting the fact that like red's usually like the center position color in my opinion and that she's not the leader instead the leader is the yellow color which is kind of showing the brightness and like i'm pretty sure she was the one that kind of pushed them forward to do like community outreach stuff too because i can't not do this Uh, Love Live obviously also has their own color wheel talking specifically about the Muse characters because I don't know enough about the other two generations. All the girls in that also kind of show their different colors and this has a bigger scale in my opinion to Honoka being their leader is Kosaka Honoka being orange showing like courage, friendliness. She's not scared to like go forward and pursue all the dreams and like bring everybody with them. She has success as we read in a review. She can even change the weather as she wants to. Which I was looking back on it because I didn't have internet for an entire week and ended up putting on the Love Live series. But season two is when she controls the weather, okay? Not season one, which that review was written about. Just putting it out there. Anyway, um, but she also has the ignorance of not really knowing what she's getting into and just kind of pushing through. But she also has her sluggishness too of not doing well in school. Um, so Noda Umi, who is a darker blue, we're going to go with blue, is tranquil, like she is very tranquil, she has love, loyalty, um, obviously she's more of the relaxed character of the group, especially out of the three second years, she's very loyal to them, um, She, you can trust her, she's very intelligent, um, love she's kind of scared of, but that's okay, but she also has the fear of love. She has masculinity. She's very much depicted in fanfics as being um, a more masculine character because she does like archery and other and dance and stuff, and like just seen as like kind of a male figure in this female school. Um, She also has the coldness of kind of turning people. Well, the coldness I think comes out more when she's just angry or like coldness maybe towards emotion of passions where she's kind of. Being like, hey, let's be rational about this. And that can also be kind of seen as coldness. Um, you have Katori, who's a Grey for reliability, intelligence, and um, security. Grey is also gloomy, sad, and conservative. I think that that's seen more maybe in her special episode that was focused around her, the Akihabara episode. But she is very reliable. She usually gets her stuff done. She's also intelligent, like Umi, and just a solid, well-rounded character, which is kind of funny. Like, she, her personality really doesn't... I don't think she has much of a personality which kind of hurts to say but at the same time she sticks out so much as being like kind of having this aura and i think that's kind of interesting too going through the second the third year sorry third years with ayasa eri you have a more turquoise color which is seen with spiritual healing protection sophistication envy and femininity um she is very feminine i think Like, she's very much shown as having, like, the perfect figure in the show. Minus Nozomi, who also has a good- a great figure. Spiritual, obviously, not as much, but maybe that's a connection with Nozomi she has. She is protective. Um, She's kind of seen as the dad of the group in the fandom, too, which I thought was interesting. And also one of the more masculine characters, in a way. But she also has a lot of femininity, too. There's a lot of jokes about wanting her to model, but, like, like I said, she has a really good figure. Um, Tojo Nozomi with purple. She has spirituality, you have mystery, um, ambition, kind of for the group. You have Yaza and Niko who's pink, showing femini- femininity, playfulness. She is sweet, but she also has the immaturity of not, I think, fully understanding her surroundings and kind of just going with the mood. Um, but she also shows other sides of herself that aren't depicted here, such as being kind of more anger red and everything too. She's not actually that physically weak either. But she does show compassion. She has to take care of her family and all that. No worries, I'm almost done. You have the first years, who are more the traditional easy colors to note. So, like, Nishikino Maki being red, um, very passionate, easy to get angry. Rin, who's, like, the really bright, bubbly one, um, is yellow. Obviously, sun, but she's also irresponsible and unstable. And then Han Hanayo... Koizumi Hanayo, being green, more of that, like, I guess she has more of the healing-ish nature, in my opinion. Um, She is kind of envious, I think, of other people, not in the, like, green envy sort of way, but in the putting herself down because other people are better sort of way. She kind of has that, I guess, fertility in the sense that she kind of takes care of Rin and more of kind of a motherly-ish figure. But I just thought it was interesting to go over, like, a few other different colors than just the typical ones. But the last thing I wanted to note was that, like, obviously all these are characters in a series. So they're naming, or they're giving these colors to the girls because they want them to stick out like this. Where you don't really see that as much in, like, real life idols, in my opinion. Because, you know, I have to put in Iris somewhere in this episode, as always. Looking at, like, the Iris girls alone, um, I think they kind of have some of the traits of them, but I don't see them... Maybe I don't know enough about them. But I think part of their colors kind of make sense, but at the same time, I don't know if all of their colors make sense. Is this a tangent? I don't know. But anyway, I think we'll finish the episode talking about Ode Maidens in your Savage season, because I think the there's an episode, the last episode of Ode Maidens has this color game that they play. They play color tag, and I think that that was also really interesting to finish off the whole discussion of color.
0: Yeah, especially that strikes me as, as especially with our discussion of the color white. So O Maidens is a series essentially about a group of um, high school high school girls in a literature club and one of them her like her goal is that she like wants to have sex. And so that kind of throws them into disarray and they're like, Oh wow, okay, this is a thing that like one of us wants now. And so it's this sort of romantic, I would say it's a comedy about these girls like living their high school life and like trying to deal with like sexuality and stuff like that. And the final episode end up playing, as you said, this color tag game where they're kind of trying in this, like as they're playing the game, they conveniently like sort of sort out their, romantic and sexual feelings as they play and so it basically resolves in they take these like white sheets and they end up like painting them with all these like different like it's like rainbow colors leaving all these banners out around the school like protesting the rule that there can't be like romantic relationships in the school
1: between males and females it is color right right yeah
0: um and so they like put up all these banners basically that are painted all these rainbow colors protesting that um, and then there's one like giant banner in the center of it all that's painted in red that just says purity tying it back to the whole purity thing it's just that they are struggling with sexuality and then this is like the point at which they finally accept in some sense their sexuality and, and like start to be able to understand it as a part of themselves that is not necessarily this like arcane thing that they can't access or they can't understand it's just or it's something that you can figure out yourself as it comes to you that you don't have to be an expert I guess just like any human experience it's not it's just something that you sort of create yourself and come to understand yourself. And in a sense, you will never really fully understand it. And that's okay. And so for them, they're, they're still really pretty unsure of themselves, depending on the character, in a lot of ways. And so for a lot of them, it's it's just kind of like throwing random colors together and, and seeing what happens, you know. Um, but they're all doing it together, and that's kind of the important part. Is that they're having this self-discovery together, where through much of the series, they're uh, um, sort of competing in ways um, and trying to figure out things themselves without sharing it with others. Um, And by the end, they're sort of united, painting these banners, like allowing their, their understanding to be displayed in sort of, like, a public way. And- I do
1: want to mention the fact that it's not just because they... I mean, like, yes, it throws, like, all of them kind of-ish and turmoil, them being specifically the other two freshman girls, when the third freshman girl, Nina, who I want to mention is pure, like, she's pure white, like, her skin's white, her hair's white... She's kind of depicted as this purity, in a way, is the one who actually says, I want to have sex. Yeah. They are reading, and the school, like, other people around the school know that they read literature with sex scenes in it, and they read it to each other. It almost seems like they purposely find stories with sex in it and read it to each other, which is kind of this really weird mix of them almost having these, like, sexual fantasies, I guess, all together, too, which I think is interesting that, like, they end it all together, right? Of them like doing all the painting, and then at the end scene you actually see them all painted multitude of different colors, too, which I think is very depictive of them like kind of coming to this understanding and acceptance of color, if meaning sex and love also. But at the same mm-hmm. time, they did start off all kind of together by reading off these sex scenes, which you see them kind of in and out of the club as the series progresses, as they kind of go off on their own different paths in a way. The one girl who's, like, the president of the club is very much, like, not wanting to talk about sex at all. She's actually really disgusted by her classmates of even talking about sex, which is kind of funny if the whole school knows that they're already, like, having these, um, reading literature about sex, which they defend by saying literature just has it, and therefore... It's, they should not be punished for reading sex scenes out loud because they're just reading literature where they kind of fantasize and romanticize the literature version of sex compared to like the the typical stereotypical girls that in every anime that you know are the one the more delinquent seeming ones that have sex and like even one of those girls gets pregnant, which the whole school pretty much shuns her about. Um, but the main girl president who had actually had kind of met her for a while is very confused about do I really shun her even though I have kind of been up to this point, even though she hasn't technically had sex until later, should I shun her for what she's been doing when really it's just kind of a natural thing that I think a lot of high schoolers honestly experiment with. But at the same time, like the fact that purity is even written like in red, I think we've talked about red and white a lot a little bit here too. And most of it, like, with kind of seppuku and stuff like that. But also, like, if you think about red, at least for me, when I think about, like, red and white, at least with more females, you think of, like, losing your virginity with, like, popping the cherry where you bleed the first time after your hymen's broken. And so the fact that it's written in red was also kind of distinguishing of that, I think, too, of them kind of not maybe physically having sex, because none of them come out of this having sex, but... Almost in a way of breaking their own hymens by writing purity on that huge sign in front of the school too. Um, there's three colors that are actually talked about. The first one's like the gray of the moon, who's said by Hitacha Hango, the writer girl, and then you have Momo, who says who chooses orange, which I thought was funny because her name's Momo Ka, which Momo means or um peach, and then she says like I want. Um, Something about the orange of Momoka, and then the last one is the the blues of youth. Just to cover the first two, I think those two, I don't know if they're as, not like not important, but I don't think they're as, I think the blues of youth is more the focus of the scene. I think at least, I don't know really about the gray one as much, but for the orange, I think it kind of comes down to the courage and confidence of admitting that Momoka has like feelings maybe not love feelings but something feelings towards Nina Sugawara one of her friends that she's trying to like she struggles with during the series but I think probably mostly focused on like the blue color the blue of youth
0: it seems like the the application of that color is talking about blues as in like like sadness like it's playing off that like you're you're feeling blue it goes against my theory of blue as being post action because this is really pre action is what it would seem like so you would i would think of of white as the pre action color i guess i yeah blue seems like one of the least youthful colors to me so i i yeah i honestly don't know what to make of it
1: in my opinion, I think that like the simple thought would be like the blues of youth being kind of Nina being rejected and kind of feeling the sadness of it, kind of like you mentioned. But I think there's more to it though too of like kind of, I guess blue also meaning fear like the the three that really have that is the love triangle that kind of focused during the entire series between Kazusa, Izumi being childhood friends. And trying to figure out their feelings towards each other versus Nina being kind of this really pretty girl that um is really popular with the guys and her really showing an interest in somebody for the first time while also the conflict between Kazusa, Kazusa and Nina being f- or Sugawara being friends and kind of her like the blues of youth being not only like trying to f- I think it's almost like trying to figure out your feelings as a young person of what exactly is love and maybe kind of the, the pain of being rejected but also like maybe the not specifically the pains of rejection from another person but the pains of trying to in your own mental mind figure out what exactly love is to you and trying to figure out um, the pains of it when it when things don't go right
0: so it sounds like they're creating their own new definition of what the color blue means because it doesn't seem to fit our definitions very well
1: No, but I mean, they also kind of state that in the sense of being like, this game itself is a game where the person who's it chooses a color and only they really know that color, even if you try and touch it to not get tagged. I think it's also important to note that like Nina doesn't tag them because she can understand that they also feel the same blues of youth. Also, even though their blues of youth are them coming to this understanding of they both don't know how to handle being in this new relationship with each other because... Of all the history they have in their past selves and wanting to really be true to each other. And I guess being loyal and having security in their relationship. Whereas Nina's pretty much being rejected for the first time in her life towards a male that she's been interested in. Yeah. So yeah. It was, I thought that Own Maidens was actually a really good series. And if you're curious, you should check it out
0: it's a good it's a good show for sure
1: but now that we've hit pretty much the end of this episode we should wrap it up with a punishment game and considering that apparently dodo cut a huge section of my tangent off of this episode um that you guys will not even get to hear but if you're curious i'll totally share my notes with you i feel like i might have lost
0: i think you did i think yeah listeners if you thought my harakiri tangent was bad just, just be grateful. Is all I'm gonna say.
1: That's just rude.
0: Yeah, it's okay. I earned it. I did my time. I took my lumps. So uh, today's punishment game. I think we we haven't we haven't done this one for you since episode three. I think it's yeah. I think it's about time we do it. Do another expert review. <laughs> this one is by expert my anime list user amphetamine interesting choice of name and our expert is reviewing another none other than your lion april
1: fun
0: and i will say amphetamine did give this show a five out of ten that's not bad still a 50 percent you know theoretically half of it is pretty good right okay okay let's get started this series is overrated It piqued my interest when I saw it on the front page at the highest rated anime on the site. I thought to myself this was worth a watch. I definitely won't be disappointed since the top rated anime here pretty much deserve to be there. Do they?
1: Sorry. Yes, all the top rated anime on my anime list totally deserve their spots. Every single one of them totally deserve their spots.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Good. Let me first start by saying this series is melodramatic, slow-paced, and cliched as hell. We have Arima Kose, a depressed and traumatized 14-year-old pianist prodigy who lost his abusive mother two years prior to the story. The anime may come off as an anime that focuses a lot on music, but music is merely a subgenre here. If you're watching this anime just for the music, you will be disappointed more than me. I couldn't sympathize with any of the characters in the story. It was pretty much predictable all the time. The romance is pretty below par, too. Yeah. Below par romance.
1: I mean, the romance wasn't, like, amazing, but... And it was predictable. You're not wrong, but I think there's a lot more to it than just that. Nope. Fine. I completely agree with what he said.
0: Not couldn't really sympathize with the characters, too, right? Never. <laughs> were introduced to two rivals early in the story, but that's about it. They don't really have any impact or affect the main character in any way. They end up being just mere acquaintances by the end. They tried to redeem his horrible mother, which failed miserably. Characters are crying all the time, then they bring out a lolly in the middle of the series with, with, with nothing to add to the story. Just a mandatory irrelevant lolly, <laughs> which seems to be a running occurrence in every anime now.
1: Oh, is that why they show up? Just
0: a random lolly, right?
1: Mm-hmm. No, no meaning at all.
0: None. No meaning. Nope. The main character barely develops during the story. He doesn't really accomplish anything in the musical world during the 22-episode course of the series. We're constantly having flashbacks about his past and how horrible his mother was to him. Mm -hmm. The dialogue in the series sounded too poetic and cheesy most of the time, and Uh. we are constantly throwing life quotes at us, which was funny to me considering the main characters are 14-year-olds. He doesn't really accomplish anything.
1: Nope. Right. He accomplishes literally nothing. He definitely doesn't develop as a character. Nope. And the lolly was just there for funsies. Because mm-hmm. why not?
0: of course, oh, well, of course, it has its strong points too. The animation flows really well with the series, and while I'm not a fan of classical music, I must say I enjoy the music being played throughout the series, but that doesn't exclude the fact that there are hundreds of anime out there with the same school drama setting with teenagers as main characters. This series ain't no clonade; it just tries too hard.
1: clonade tried too hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the main girls all seemed to have a thing for the main character but I didn't feel much romance effect here the story was all about Aruma coming out of his depressed self and back to the real world again the ending wasn't really a tearjerker as I predicted it way before the during the course of the series so there was no element of surprise here
1: because there's no element of surprise obviously one doesn't cry because you can only be surprised and cry you can't just you know feel the emotional build up and then cry no no you have to you have to feel it has to be surprise that's how that's how emotions
0: work exactly overall i can't say i particularly enjoyed the series nor would i recommend it to others i guess i could recommend it to someone who is particularly interested in music but then i i'd also recommend k as well it isn't a masterpiece like people are constantly saying it's not bad, but it's not good either. Just average. Just average, right? Yep. 5
1: out of 10? It's a 5 worse out Worse than 10. Cells at work? It's worse than cells at work. I mean, I know I'm biased as a violinist, mm-hmm. but, oh my god, there's so much that happens in your line, April, that's just, like, such good, there is such, I mean, awful character development!
0: Sure. <laughs> The lolly
1: literally means nothing.
0: Yep. Just a random lolly.
1: And the classical music isn't good at all.
0: Oh, they said the classical music was good.
1: Oh, thank God. That
0: was was their one good point about it.
1: I really like the classical
0: music. (laughs) You still sound like you're pained saying that, even though I know you actually mean it.
1: I loved the classical music.
0: (laughs) Also, I shout out to all the cells at work fans out there. I didn't want to say that cells at work is a terrible show. I think it's an okay show. I, you know, that was hey. just the first one that popped into my head. Is cells
1: like cells at work helped me with <laughs> understanding histology. It deserves a decent score. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting. It helped me remember sure. all my white blood cell types,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it re- helped me remember that eosinophils have a little bit of pink in them. It's helpful.
0: Ooh, we could have done a color analysis of cells at work.
1: Oh, shit. Shiitake mushrooms. That's okay.
0: I mean, they're basically.
1: They're only just. There. I mean, like, what, really? It's like a
0: red, red blood cells wear red. White wow. blood cells wear white. And then wow. he gets red on him when he stabs people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> With, again, male violence and males are always like red and white for males is always violent i feel like whereas with females it's sex but you could also kind of have sex i guess if he's Mm. penetrating and then getting it all over him also who said that (laughs) bacteria bleed red because that's not a thing but okay it's fine it's an
0: abstraction they also don't wear clothes
1: (laughs) (laughs) really (laughs) Okay, but random lolly <laughs> character in that series. They're really cute platelets. Oh, they're so adorable.
0: We will defend defend the, the lollies and cells at work to our deathbed.
1: Yeah, they defend the skin themselves too. They are important protectors of the body.
0: Absolutely. You want to wrap things up?
1: Thank you all for listening to this really fun, for me, podcast about color. In the next episode, we talk about moe distortion, which is also a very interesting topic in my opinion. Let us know your thoughts on different elements of color in anime and if you have any extra shows that you want to talk about. You can tell us what you think using our message system on anchorfm applied anime or on our website at appliedanime.weebly.com. Or, if you join our Discord on the front page, you can tell us everything in our Discord channel. And finally, you can also tweet us back on Twitter at twitter.com slash anime. Don't forget that episodes drop every other Wednesday at 7pm Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for listening with us. This has been Feion
0: and Dodo Ballet
1: signing off. As a he, Capuga. One more chance